your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. VGK loses home ice advantage. Our analysis on what went wrong in game number one and what adjustments the Golden Knights need to make to tie this series up with Winnipeg on Thursday night. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Yes, that's right. Chris Golick is back in Las Vegas. Welcome home. And you can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G. Lockdown Golden Knights uh, is the place to be on your YouTube channel, and please subscribe there. Uh, we are brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. So what went wrong last night? VGK, champions of the Pacific Division, regular season conference champions, fall in the opener of the first round of the series against Winnipeg, and the final was 5-1. to one. And, you know, just going back and reflecting on this game, uh, you have to, first of all, credit Rick Bonus for clogging up the neutral zone. His Winnipeg Jets out-hustled. They out-forechecked the VGK. They won all the, most of the puck battles. There were no breakouts and no odd man rushes for the Vegas Golden Knights, save one or two. Uh, most disappointing, you would have to say, is the fact that VGK, Chris, played without intensity. It was definitely a non-competitive game, and uh, it is good to be back. Uh, Reno, um, I'm sure maybe we'll, you'll ask me about it later, but uh, good no, no, to be no, back in ahead. Vegas. Reno isn't talk quite about what it Reno. Used to be. I'll add, uh, we could talk it's, about it now. The VGK bowling not, ball. What's that? The VGK bowling ball. You're oh, that's tired. my spare ball. Yes, that's my spare ball for like my okay, single piece spares and stuff like you that. Got the um, shirt with the VGK logo. Your bowling. Shirt. Uh, it, it's a mock like VGK because our our group is bad decisions. That's the name of our of our group that goes that goes to these little bowling things every year. And um, you know, we we live by our shirts. And um, a lot of people ask me, especially the people like for in my sports card groups, you know, they're like, "Hey, how was bowling?" And I my response: I drink. Oh, did you have a good time? I drink. <laughs> so good. it was fun we kind of got for lack of a better term our balls kicked in <laughs> who had, um, it's who always had tough. more who had more intensity your team up in reno like a little liquored up or the vgk on the ice last night probably us but because we're doing bad things and making bad decisions okay the goal yeah. is because you could have made some different types of bad decisions last night if we're going to transition now yeah. um so a rough game i only was able to really sit down and watch about the last I listened to the last 10 minutes of the second and I watched most of the third period. So I was able to kind of focus in on that. And you made a lot of good points there about the neutral zone, nowhere to go credit Winnipeg. You have to credit the jets, like all the golden Knight fans that are flipping out right now. And let's credit the Winnipeg jets. You know, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Not to be the better team for one game of the series. It's, it's going to be just fine. And, you know, I, I made a, me and you, Tony have talked horse racing, obviously plenty on this show. And, Think about the horse that's had a long layoff or maybe a small injury where they had to not race for six months or something like that. And then here come, uh, you know, the, the stakes races that they normally race, not the derby necessarily, just big races, you know, around the country and stuff like that. They have this one start, right, where they go off as like a six to five favorite, nine to five, even money, something like that. And they just never fire. They finish sixth place. There's not a lot there. 
And then you look at the program as they're getting ready for their big race, right in the small letters next to the race, it says needed starts. And what that means is you, the horse has to get familiar with the track. They have to, it's been a while since they did the post parade and saw all the people on the track and the starting gate and everything that goes with, you know, game day. Same thing with the Golden Knights here. First time they had a relatively healthy lineup, less Will Carrier now since January the 12th. It's a long time. Mark Stone has not had game activity in a long time. Zach Whitecloud had what we thought was a season-ending injury. He misses, you know, what, last week and a half or something like that. So, you know, they got the band back together. They needed the starts, and it's it was bad, guys. It was bad, but it's okay. Now we get to adjust. Now we get Mark Stone after having a full game of game activity. Now White Cloud's a little more familiar. And Cassidy's been spinning the right dials this season as far as adjustments and stuff goes. We'll hit that later in the show. But, you know, just no one in the history of the NHL has won or lost a seven-game series in game one. I want to get right into Mark Stone. Okay, so forget about a pitch count, though. I did not like the way Cassidy <laughs> used him. Okay, when did he so, officially go to line one? Was it in the second or the th- was it It was sometime uh, in the it, first? In, in the second, I felt, okay. because that's when they started to jumble the lines, and that's when Carlson scored the goal, of course. Mm-hmm. Barbashev From Barbashev, yeah. With him and Marsha, so. And so as soon as Cassidy jumbled the lines, because they weren't firing out, if you want to use a horse racing analogy. Uh, again, so he played 21-28, 21 minutes, 28 seconds. Okay, that's not the way that you should utilize Mark Stone coming back, okay? He had more time on the ice than Jack Eichel. I went through the numbers last night. Why? He played 23 shifts. And here's a player that's coming back off of 39 games, a layoff and the back surgery, and it just it was awful. And I sort of put a little bit of the blame on Stone during the shift change, which led to the second goal. Again, the line change was was coming back, and but he was late yes, getting on you, the ice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He just doesn't have that explosiveness. But again, this falls on Cassidy for utilizing Mark Stone the wrong way. Absolutely, he should have played fewer minutes last night. There's no doubt. It's fair, but Mark, um, pardon me, Bruce Cassidy did state during the week in one of the pressers that he is not aware of any pitch counts or minutes or shift total or anything like that, that Mark Stone was going to be under after he was cleared. Um, his comment was there was, and again, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was, I'm not aware of there going to be any pitch count or anything like that beyond the fact that he hasn't you know seen game activity in, you know, three months or something like that. So, you know, it's what a, what a turnaround guys, what a turnaround for Mark Stone, right? You know, he was injured all this time. And just the timing, boom, the playoffs are here and he's not on a pitch count and stuff. You know, I that, that's the drum that I'm kind of still going to keep banging. But I understand the people saying other things about about that whole situation. So it's it is what is. And uh, listen, Mark Stone, he needed the start. We'll go back to the horses. He needed the start. He needed the minutes. And as long as he can get through him healthy, then sure. I don't think Mark Stone was much of a factor last night. Um you know, the first two goals were just strange, you know, transition type situations where it felt like the forwards were late getting back. Uh, March is so I didn't like where he put himself on the first goal uh, that Winnipeg ultimately got. And, you know, I mean, it's it's game one of the playoffs. There's distractions. It's it's like game one of the regular season, right, with all these different types of things that they do and all that. And, you know, I keep on stressing it's game one. 
it's game one. And here's another thing. As far as now, now every team has played one playoff game. The higher seeded teams are two and six right now. They're two and six. I'm assuming yeah, the Avs. I didn't look. I'm assuming the, the Avs lost. lost last night to the Kraken. Yeah. I did not yeah. verify that. So Colorado lost. Yeah. Edmonton lost. VGK lost. Wow. Yeah. And then on the other side, New Jersey lost. Toronto lost, which is the least shocking thing in the world. But, you know, and um, there was one other uh, lower seeded. So point being is this is the playoffs. It's unpredictable. And VGK earned their seed and they earned that for a lot of reasons. And Cassidy finding a way to make adjustments and get the most out of his team is one of those things that got the Golden Knights to the top seed in the West. So Thursday's a new day, folks. Thursday's a new day. We pretty much like Cassidy. However, the post game, and this was just the tone of Cassidy's voice was, how in the world did we lose to that team? Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not saying anything negative about them. Credit them. But, no, I was getting that kind of feel and those kind of vibes. And I didn't like that. I just didn't like the way that he was approaching that loss last night, for, for one. And this was shades of the bubble in 2020. Once again, Rick Bonus. No, seriously. Remember, see, this was something I talked about on the crossover. We discussed this last week coming into the playoffs. Very concerned about the Vegas Golden Knights scoring goals postseason. I was very concerned. VGK scored eight goals in five games in the bubble. Rick Bonus had a plan. He knew that to shut down the VGK, you clog up the stinking neutral zone. And VGK lost that series four to one. That's my concern, Chris. No, it, it's it's a thought. So he was coaching the stars then, is what you're telling me. Yes. Right? Okay, yes. fair enough. That's an angle that I I didn't even know, and that's a, that's a great point that you just, you just made right there. So VGK, we talked about this throughout the season, has had trouble when teams clog up the neutral zone. Um, if there was a light positive, I'll take last night. Line four was willing to get the pucks deep and go and chase them. Lines one, two, and three, they're trying to dance it in. They're trying to walk it in. They're trying these little give-and-go type things. You got to get dirty. You got to get dirty. You got to, you know, fight fire with fire for a little bit. And, you know, let's go back to the Los Angeles Kings game where the Golden Knights just crushed them, for lack of a better term, uh, in the last, I don't know, game 76 or whatever it was. The Kings were just like the Jets, if not better than the Jets as far as clogging up the neutral zone goes. VGK got some early goals, so the game opened up, but they were still willing to chip and chase. They were willing to do different things. And listen, you dump and chase the puck, you know, 15 times in the first period, just throwing an, an idea out here. It's not going to work, right? It's not going to work 12 of the times. Winnipeg's going to get it, you know, get their rush or something like that. But if the forwards are doing their job, getting those checks and finishing those checks in the corner, it will wear down the defense to the point where, you know, all of a sudden now they're playing a little different in the neutral zone because they're tired of getting hit in the corner. They're just tired of getting pounded. And can VGK make that type of adjustments? And that is an area of opportunity where they have struggled a little bit in the season. So if they're not willing to go and get dirty and, you know, or as Cassidy says, get inside or, you know, all these cliche things we hear throughout the season, then this will be a problem. If they can find creative ways to, do a combination of chip and chase at the right time while also trying some finesse plays across the blue line. Okay. I'm okay with that, but you know what happened on Tuesday didn't work. Uh, Cassidy's got my trust on figuring this out and uh, writing the ship on Thursday though. I think we're going to be just fine folks. We're going to be just fine. No, in the playoffs, listen, we can do cliche, right? Tony, we lost home ice. Okay, fine. You're not in trouble in the playoffs till you lose at home. Okay, fine. My perspective on the playoffs talk to me after game four. 
Talk to me after game four, because it's probably going to be two to two, no matter how you spin this thing. Talk to me after game four. Whoever wins game five, that's when you can maybe start. Okay, now we're now we're starting to get a little concerned here, one way or the other. We saw a mad scramble in the first period in front of the oh, net. I saw one that replay, that res- good Lord. Oh, one that resulted in Morgan Barron getting 75, 75 stitches. And you talk about a man. Did he miss Holy a shift? He came back in the second period. He was out in the first. Gets everything stitched up. He got 75 stitches yeah. and came back. 75 stitches. I love hockey players. I love hockey players. <laughs> I know. He came, oh, the shield. he came back with the shield, yeah, too. Of course he because, did. Well, he got cut because there was everyone diving, going after the puck, and he caught a piece of Laurent Brassois. He probably got the heel. He probably got the heel of the skate is what it looked like. Oh, my goodness. So let's credit Stevenson in this here, obviously. And, and I'm not talking about the hockey player or anything like that. Stevenson was on top of Baron, not like pushing his head or anything like that, folks. But the second Stevenson saw something was wrong, he immediately kind of pulled him back, pulled himself off. And, you know, he was a good Samaritan and all that, I guess you can say. So, you know, credit the brotherhood of the players and stuff like that, looking out for each other, even in the most intense of times right there. And glad that he's OK. Glad that he was able to come back. You know, this is um, these are these are warriors, folks. He's, these people are wired much differently. And it's one of the many reasons why hockey is a beautiful sport. Not all the blood on the ice. That was a little gory, but, uh, you know, that, that happens. That happens. On Brossois' skate, too. Gross. Uh, Keegan Colasar. It's like the bloody sock from the World Series. Uh, Keegan <laughs> Colasar's boarding penalty at the end of the game. Yeah, well. That's not going to set the tone going into game two. Uh, okay. Yeah, he is. Kevin Weeks, they were, they were trying to make something out of that. Just call it as they were playing loser hockey. They did something dumb and took a dumb penalty. It was penalty, stupid. You know? Like, yeah, just, you know what? Take your loss. Take take, take the L. Take the yeah. L. Take the L. I think that that was something with intent to try to get this team motivated for the second game. And but that's do what that do. stuff early in the game then. Like, exactly. It wasn't just the vibe was just so strange. Like, and this wasn't even Winnipeg muddying up the neutral zone, just the breakouts and stuff. Like, White Cloud in the third just gets bumped right off the puck behind the nets. And... Maybe it was credit to them. I don't know, but it just it was very choppy and in both sides for a little bit too. It just had like a strange kind of beer league feel where there's hacking at the puck and it's on an edge the whole time. Bad ice, maybe I don't know. Um, it just didn't it just didn't look good. And you know, so what? It's game one, folks. It's game one. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna be just fine. well. They're gonna have to get more than seventeen shots on goal too. God, that's that was a yeah, season low. Believe that. Yeah, no, it's, listen, it it all went bad, guys. It all went bad. And if you're trying to, you know, if we're going to take some positives, White Cloud finished the game. We're going to take another positive. Mark Stone finished the game. Brossois, not his best game. I mean, I I didn't mind the first two goals, that backhand goal that, you know, basically made it a two-goal game again in the third. That was was soft. That was was a little soft. And he wants that one back, I think. The fifth goal, I don't care about. That's what the game's over at that point. Well, um, but but the the fifth goal though, the fifth goal to me was a lack of any effort. That that no that that really. VGK should finish mind. the game. You should finish the yes. game if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, finish yes. the game. Don't on a power don't play, give them any were... more reason to celebrate on right. your ice. I mean, give them more listen, momentum. VGK was no. booing. The fans were booing him last night on the power plays too. That's another thing I'm sure we'll hit on in the second or third segment. Anywhere we want to crush on that. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely crush on that. Uh, when we return, we're going to talk about uh, maybe for the matter of VGK overlooking Winnipeg last night. Were the Mm -hmm. Golden Knights prepared for this game?
We'll discuss nope. that when we return <laughs> right here on Locked On Golden nope. Knights. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. And game time is fast and easy. It's an easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. And again, when you look through the app, and I did yesterday, I wanted to see the pricing on the VGK tickets. You could have gotten them as low as $79 or $89, very late per ticket in the 200s, which was not so bad. Get in the building, folks. And it beats that $50 ticket for standing room only. In any event, game time's a place to go for your last-minute ticket deals. So forget about planning months in advance. We never do that. Game time has the deals on tickets right up until the day of the event. So that's why I was checking out late last night some of the prices, some of the numbers on tickets for the VGK game, and you can do the same. And the game time guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You just buy tickets in a matter of second, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. So right now, go and download the game time app. All you need to do is create an account, utilize the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Uh, and Chris is just thawing out from his trip to Reno. <laughs> I saw the snow. Oh my goodness! No. Yeah, I, I woke up. Uh, woke up Tuesday. Tuesday morning, we knew it was going to snow. First of all, I was actually working late Monday. I was um, uploading uh, the podcast you did, the crossover and stuff like that, like midnight one in the morning. And the wind was. I was on like the thirty-something floor of Silver Legacy, and the wind. I mean, we had eighty mile an hour gusts going. That thing was just whipping against the glass and stuff, and. I wish I, I would have woke up while it was snowing. I fell asleep probably before it started. And I woke up like, oh, there's some snow down there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> It really felt like hockey season up there. Uh, biggest yeah. question was something that you wanted to discuss. Segment two was VGK prepared or did the, um, the Winnipeg Jets just simply outplay the Golden Knights last night? Well, the Jets definitely outplayed us. Let's definitely let's not we, anytime we say something, you cannot discredit Winnipeg's effort whatsoever. And, you know, all the fans that don't want to do that, I just don't understand. The Jets played a good game and it's OK. It's OK. to tip your hat. Good game, Jets. That's why it's a seven game series. And then obviously you break down why this happened, um, you know, and we're we're all in one since adopting a, a goldfish and having a dragon. Now oh, we have a dragon. Now we have all sorts of this uh, long to talk about things. the the gold it, it did yeah it did i don't want to get too off the rails maybe if you would ask me less about reno and less about my drinking habits i might have snuck it in there but um you know it's it's all good so you wonder what happens so me and tony were lightly hitting on this on twitter and stuff like that you know you got cassidy doing his quick little let's go video how long does something like that take how long did it take him to to work on that goldie thing you know and it's not even just the, the hype and and the and the promo shoots that happen you know you just wonder 
if that stuff plays in or not to all this, because there's so much hoopla. And, and also, this might not be a thing that's unique to the Golden Knights. All the teams might do this. I, I don't know. I, maybe this is where it's an advantage to be on the road for the first uh, series in the playoffs. Although, going back to season one, I don't recall, like, we didn't see a Gerard Gallant let's go video. I don't recall seeing a lot of different things in the pregame or you know, weird promos leading up to the playoffs that the players were involved in. So, you know, you, you do wonder about all that. And, and then this does trigger some memories earlier in the season, especially in the middle third of the season when BGK was having a hard time getting up for specifically home games. You know, is this the first game back off of the road trip vibe, right? You know, we ended, we ended in Seattle the previous Thursday. So we had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all those all those days in, in Vegas for the team to just kind of relax and you know get back to their home vibes and their you know to-do lists around the house and, and all those things. And listen, family first, I get all that, but these are all different things that could play out to why the team maybe didn't have a good start last night. Um, you know, we obviously need to fix that right now. But the, where I was ultimately going is, you know, this does trigger memories about this team not getting off not getting over the boards well, not starting well. And, you know, there definitely felt like some lack of preparation, whether that's a practice thing, whether the team just didn't respond, whether Cassie didn't do his job, for lack of a better term. Who knows? But the ship needs to be uh, – got to right the ship uh, before Thursday. I think that one of the things – it might have been a hangover from celebrating everything and winning the they conference. Celebrated, if they celebrated the that, then they need but, to – I mean, they, they should lose in the first round. But also, you know, everyone's taking those victory laps. I heard Kelly McCrimmon on the pregame show or on the podcast. There was They had a VGK state-owned, uh, state-run podcast that I heard with Kelly McCrimmon. And so you're state-owned or, or Canadian. <laughs> it's not over yet, folks. Like, just don't take the victory lap just yet. There's a long, long way to go. One of the things, you know, we talked about a lack of effort. I mean, there was no fight in a team that had 11 comebacks. 11 mm-hmm. third period comebacks. I saw that stat last night. That was well. That's that's you know. concerning to me. That's concerning, right? Uh, I mean, they didn't have fight from the from the drop, so it makes me think they're going to have fight in the third. I mean, call it what it is. Yeah, you thought that they would rally back. I really did feel that they would come back. I uh, thought at least there would be effort. I thought yeah. there would be a good some push, hitting. Right? I thought there would be some. I thought there would be some hustle, hitting, and never quitting. There you go for my sports card fans that listen to this show. Um, you thought there would have been a lot more effort. I'm with you, Tony. Okay, uh, VGK power play. You wanted to get into that. They what power are. Play? They were 0 for three last night. Last eight games, two for 22. And neither listen, team's this... good on the power play. We talked about that on the crossover. I'm sure you. Okay. That. No, seriously though, there was uh, again neither team very good on the power play. Right. Uh, Winnipeg is known for its PK. I think they were seventh or eighth in the, in the league this year. But wow. Yeah, I mean, listen, the penalty kill. So when I was on with um, Gil doing the lock on NHL hit for um, talking about the Golden Knights and what basically is going to, you know, possibly hurt the Golden Knights. So the questions were twofold. It was what's the, you know, the biggest strength of the Golden Knights heading in? And I said, well, the, the health possibly, you know, assuming all of our players are back. We recorded last Thursday, so we were unaware at that time what was going to be happening with Stone and White Cloud. 
Um, and then he asked me what the biggest concern was. I said, it's the same as what our biggest strength is, you know, the health. And then I went right to the power play after that and mentioned that Cassidy, you know, his time in Boston, he had some good power plays, but he also had some bad power plays. And this year it's not been a good power play. I think we've been flirting around 20th all season, plus or minus. We did have a run where we got up in the top 10 for a while early in the season, and that didn't last, unfortunately. And, you know, the one thing you say about the power play beyond, obviously, you want to convert some goals is it cannot be a momentum disruptor. You know, if you're not going to score every power play, even Edmonton can't do it as, as, as good as they are. But when they don't score, they look just as good as when they do score. They're moving the puck. They're putting pressure on the defense. The defense is on their heels. They're wearing down the top defensive players that they're going against, which can pay dividends later on in the game. Watching the Golden Knights power plays, like it was just bad. Like they had a late power play where they could have brought it back within a goal or at least had some good chances. And it just the passing was just terrible and no chances. And this isn't a Winnipeg Jets team playing good defense. You know, I mean, listen, okay, fine. Credit the Jets for whatever their game plan was for the VGK PK. But, you know, if there's one thing you're not going to plan too hard for when you're playing the Golden Knights, it's, it's, the, it's your penalty kills. Because the Golden Knights power play is just not that good right now. And they got to find a way to to crack it. Or if they can't do it, you know, it, it won't be a long run. Maybe they'll still get past the Jets, but they won't have that, you know, high level of, of success we're hoping for. And right now, you know, another question that uh, that Gil did ask me what is what does success look like for the postseason right now? And early on in the season, I felt, OK, if they win a playoff series, maybe that's a good sign, you know, whatever. And then now that we're conference, you know, not conference champions, but we led the conference in points, the goalpost moves, the end zone moves, whatever terminology you want to use. This team's got to get to the to the, the conference final. Conference final, successful season, anything less, you know, we, we start asking questions. A difficult uh, first playoff game, Jack Eichel, minus three in the contest. <laughs> uh, oh, VGK, VGK hits. I know, right? Uh, VGK hits. They led 65 to 51. Jonathan Marchessault with nine <laughs> hits. Yeah, okay, now that's good. That's, I mean, okay, that's a little bit of effort. 65 hits, that's got to be a season high. And he, so the forecheck was just not there, but they had 65 hits. I don't know where. Okay. Yeah, no, it didn't look like, didn't look the part, but Marchessault, in my opinion, took a major leadership role specifically against the Jets in season one. And I'm glad you mentioned that because there was a game where March so I don't, I feel like it was like, I don't know, was like 17 or what the number was, but March so led the team in hits and they're good hits. Like it's not just March so rubbing his shoulder, you know, and just, you know, like a, like a, <laughs> I hate to say it like this, but like a Keegan Colasar, you know, uh, push you into the boards, get that hit, you know, and stuff like that. March so does effective hits. He doesn't inflict the pain necessarily that Colasar can when he wants to, but his job is to slow the player down when he's doing it, and they're effective. And you know, March so when he gets that little uh, pit bull mentality going, he's he's a great player to have on the ice. And someone like March so is not going to stand for this type of effort two games in a row. I, th- I feel pretty good about that. Coming up next, we'll talk about adjustments VGK should make to level this series. Hopefully on Thursday, of course, which is four twenty day. The day of Mark Stone. Get it. More after this. Lockdown Golden Knights. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And let's talk about adjustments. Stay out of the box if you are VGK. 16 penalty minutes for the team that was in the box the least amount of time 
in the National Hockey League this past season. Um, Theodore and White Cloud, back-to-back penalties, just can't happen. That's bad. Yeah. I mean, listen, and especially those two players, right, they're both going to be important parts of the penalty kill, and you just can't have an uncharacteristic performance in the playoffs. And, you know, VGK effort is usually pretty good. VGK has been staying out of the box. And the the characteristic part that we were used to was a bad power play. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need to stop the Winnipeg Jets from going north and south. That's what they Mm -hmm. wanted to do. That was part of their game plan. How do they slow them down? Yeah, how do they slow slow them down? Better line changes. (laughs) (laughs) Not late. Better better line changes. Um, (laughs) You know, this this is the Cassie system, right? Limits the odd man rushes. Isn't that what the system is all about? You know, the bad line change, that's not a system thing. That's just a, a bad line change. Call that what it is. But, you know, the first goal where, where they go low and uh, wind up getting the, the, the slapper from the bumper, that was uh, a rush situation. I believe that crazy scramble where Barron got cut was also off of a rush, if I'm not mistaken. They were talking about that as well. So, you know, it's a lot of adjustments need to happen. And uh, Cassidy, let's look at his playoff runs. He's had some deep runs. He's got a lot of experience in the playoffs. So let's trust Cassie to find a way. I don't think it's going to be. I think um, we knew it was a matter of time until Stevenson, Eichel, and Stone wound up together. And I don't mind jumbling the lines and sticking with it and giving those players time to mesh, so to speak. Because if you keep on scrambling the lines, it's you don't know if you're going to find what you're trying to get, what you're trying to find. You know line one is going to be Stone, Stevie and Eichel, and we'll see if they can respond better. Um, see if VGK can get the better matchups and things like that. Obviously, that gives you two real tough lines to match up against, so you can decide which of your top two lines you want playing against the other teams, you know, third and fourth uh, liners and, you know, second and third D pairings and stuff like that. So, you know, this is where line three also needs to hopefully find some soft spots, of course, and uh, this is where playoff uh, playoff Kessel needs to earn his money right now. I want to jumble the crease, too. I think Aiden Hill beat Winnipeg three times. I think he was the goaltender all three times, if I'm not mistaken. Can we see Aiden Hill if he's ready to come back in in game number two on Thursday night? I wonder why Aiden Hill is not backing up quick and has not down the stretch. Oh, shoot, back, let me say this differently. I wonder why Aiden Hill has not been the backup and Jonathan Quick has going back as soon as the Tuesday game last week against Seattle. Aiden Hill got his start against um, was it the Ontario Reign, someone in the AHL, doesn't matter who it was, it was an AHL start. He played two periods, got his pitch counts, got his, got his shots in there, didn't travel with the team, didn't play any more AHL games, but he continued practicing at a normal pace, whereas Logan Thompson has not. So now what, what's up here? Like why quick and not Aiden Hill? Oh, I know. It's Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy does not like Aiden Hill. We mm-hmm. talked about this early in the season. There is some trust, something happening behind the scenes where Aiden Hill is not getting, you know, the the attention. I'm not saying we're we're, we're changing our starters yet. Um, Brassois was very good last night. He gave the team a chance to win. He wasn't uh, rock solid, you know, but it, it wasn't uh, if he just had one more save. Like, we're not talking about that type of effort, but having Aiden Hill behind in case you are going to make that change, probably a good thing. Cause let's just, let's just say it goes from bad to worse. And, you know, Brassois lets in four goals in the first, I don't want quick starting game three. I want Aiden Hill starting. 
So get Aiden Hill those reps on the ice at least to get the NHL. He hasn't had any, any NHL game speed. God, how long has it been, Tony? Yeah, it's two been and a half months plus. Yeah, at least right. It seems so talk like about a horse needing to start. There you go. Yeah, for sure. And I, again, I didn't think that Brossois. He did the first period. Yes, stood on his head. Uh, after that, I didn't think he played very, very well. Again, that small. Start. It was a fair start. It yeah, was a fair but, start. It, but it, again, though, small sample size and an experienced coach and a, a team that knows how to play against him. So that's sure, my concern of course. a little bit too. And then of course, I said, no, that, that also very good. Shoot glove side. There you go, Tony. There you go. I said uh, one of the keys would be defensemen scoring. Okay, I felt that this could determine the series. No <laughs> <Anybody> points. <scoring. laughs> no points from the VGK Blue Liners. Three points for the Jets defensemen. I'm going to keep a tally on this because they both play a little similar in their styles and that they want the defensemen to join the rush. Nate Schmidt. Who was booed last night? Come on, what? Fans, get with it. Why yeah, Boone Schmitz. I know that's the most likable guy on the planet. Did he flush his goldfish down the toilet or something? <laughs> that's the line of the show. Is he, is he not a dragon guy? Oh my goodness! So Nate Schmidt uh, had an assist. Uh, Pionk had him an assist. Josh Morrissey is, is is frightening at times. He had an assist. I like seventy six points. I like seventy six points this season, and you know, uh, good be the runner-up for the Norris so no I I just think that you know the defenseman that is that is one of my top keys though coming into this series and you and I didn't get a chance to discuss this on the podcast but we both said BGK in six and now I go from being Mr. Negative to the guy that is jinxing the VGK you can't win Tony you picked him to win last night you can't win yeah I called for a split at home though I did. No, you did. I mean, I think you were win loss, win loss, and then obviously VGK would turn on. And you know, I thought VGK would be ready last night. I didn't think I didn't think it was going to be this type of game. If they're going to lose, you know, two to one, three to two type of effort, so be it. I didn't think it was going to be um one of those uh, blank the bed type of performances, which is you know call it what it is. And you know, like I said, I mean, it's a bad game. It's a bad one game, game one of a seven game series. You know, you don't want to ever spot a team a game, which is basically what the VGK did. But, you know, realistically, what were the chances of VGK going 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in the first four games? Not very good. Um, you know, some people are saying VGK in five. Uh, some of our VGK uh, loyal listeners are, are we're calling for a sweep, and it's not going to happen. No one's – it's just not how the playoffs work. The parity is too good. Both teams are too good. And Winnipeg is the eighth seed. Okay, fine. So be it. They didn't have as good of a regular season, but they're a good team. And, you know, having to crack Connor Hellebuck, that's the tough task as well. And you hope uh, they can find a way and open the floodgates and, you know, get in his head a little bit because uh, that's going to be necessary. And you want some urgency the next time they come out. We need some, you know, maybe some scraps early on, not fights, just, you know, some some rough stuff and uh, set the tone and send a message with hopefully A, a victory and B, uh, you know, just pound the crap out of him for a little bit because that's what playoff hockey needs to be. <laughs> Colasar just has a lack of timing. Yeah, that fight that just went sideways. Remember, he just tried to have a contrived fight earlier this season. The boarding penalty late in the game with a minute to go. It's like, if you're going to do this rough stuff, time it out just a little bit better. Whenever it's there's going to be impactful. Whenever there's a whistle, our forward just got to get in the crease and muddy it up. Muddy it up. 
you know, maybe give a little bump to Hellebuck. Nothing bad, just a little something. You know, some it's like what they try to do with Flurry a couple well, times. Well, to do that, you, you know, have to put bodies in front of the net. Shenanigans. Have some shenanigans. You have, have to put bodies Tony. in front of the net, though, to do that, and that's something that was lacking again for the VGK. Aldorf, you have already got a draw in game two. <laughs> I'm concerned. I think either okay, most likely real fast. He's watching the most, clock. He's watching the clock. Yeah, yeah. Most, most. Well, I was checking my head because it's a TMZ day, so I want to make sure my head doesn't look too big. Okay, oh, it's, it's huge. Out of uh, Colorado, Edmonton, VGK. Do one of these teams fall to zero and two in their series? Edmonton. Okay. They're ahead. Every Dayers. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen tomorrow. More as we head into game number two, the Stoner game of the series between VGK and Winnipeg for Chris Garlic, Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you again tomorrow right here. I got to find an angle on Lockdown Golden Knights.